Greetings and hello! This is the very first, yes, first recording of this podcast I've been wanting to do for so long. It's, of course, if you haven't noticed the name, it is One Sharp Podcast, and it's of a unique thing that I want to try and do, and I feel like I'm going to have a lot of fun doing this. Now, I want to go ahead and say that, of course, it's going to be placé with every other thing I'm going to talk about regarding with things that are nerdy, uh, video games, board games, just to name a few things off the top of my head. But nonetheless, it's going to be something where I get to share ideas as, as well as share ideas with other people that I feel could share or contribute to my podcast. Um, nonetheless, uh, with that being said, <laughs> sorry I, if I sound a bit nervous, let's go on and start the show with the card game I was able to play a little while ago while back from uh even a lot of people should or most people should know about this uh cyanide happiness which is a very popular web comic it's basically stick figures doing the most outlandish things but now it's in the form of a card game consider if you will taking cards against humanity and putting that together with a card game just like this but instead of letters which you still have that you have actual animation with it and when i saw this game i kind of thought what the hell is this i don't know what's going on and uh the person that showed me or introduced me to this just kind of told me about how amazing it is so i went to go check it out basically with the game you start off with uh, i believe seven cards and the person that goes first draws a card and then they take a card from their hand and they place it. So basically you're making the board or the, the comic strip. And the objective of the game is to take said uh, comic strip and finish it. So just like Cards Against Humanity, where you get the black card, you read what's on the card, and with the best answer wins that card or wins that round. Uh, it's a little different like or going back with what i said before you set up the comic strip and each person playing that round lays down a card pertaining to what that card says with the comic strip or if it fits it really well they win um it there's also a set of cards with a uh, red lining those cards, if it is drawn or put out, that card basically gives you the opportunity for everyone to take certain amount of cards in your hand, discard them, and draw new cards. So unlike with Cards Against Humanity, unless you have that naysay or that understanding, you can take your cards or mill the ones you don't want draw new ones, and then continue with the game. I guarantee you it, it's a really fun game. If I could play it again for the next nine times, I would. So, yeah. Now, on to more pressing matters. With um, the trailer that came out a while ago, and I'm a huge fanboy for Marvel, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, with this trailer, 
it is phenomenal. Actually, with the introduction of Spider-Man in Civil War was amazing. I mean, we got Tom Holland coming in, playing a younger version of Peter Parker, which, which everyone is familiar with. Peter Parker went from Tobey Maguire when he was in college and he was still struggling as a student and trying to find his his spot within like the social status to uh, Andrew Garfield, which he was going, if I remember right, he was graduating from high school, not quite yet into college, but still kind of nerdy, kind of flamboyant. Um, and now we have Tom Holland, which is like the youngest of the three Spider-Men that have been within this genre. Which, don't get me wrong, yeah, that's a little weird. But also at the same time, you kind of look at it, you're you're taking Spider Spider-Man and you're putting him in different like time frames or timelines. I mean, Tobey Maguire, he's the older version, so he has to deal with things within his age group that uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man didn't quite have to worry about. To a sense, he did, but it wasn't as extensive as Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Now, Tom Holland, seeing that he is a college... Er, pardon me. He is a high school student, which changes everything. He now has to worry about and everyone can totally relate the high school setup the whole thing where you go into high school you get to meet your friends they're your friends through thick or thin and then of course you have to hit up with the whole sectionals of we got the cheerleaders we got the football team somewhere within that mixture there's going to be your bully if you have one if you ever have one those are never fun uh, love interests, yada, yada, yada. It can go on. And the fact that Tom Holland, you know, in this trailer, it, I mean, it shows, I mean, the, the flamboyance, the flamboyant nature is still there. And seeing that makes this movie worthwhile watching. But I'm also going to kind of look into how well did they develop the Spider-Man character? I mean, it's been done to death almost, but also at the same time, it depends on how well it's being done. Now, if it's an animated series, you can take that far above and beyond anything. Now, as opposed to uh, actual live action, it's kind of pushing that person's uh, persona, if you will, to whole new heights, both great and m massive if I'm choosing my words right. Now, in Spider-Man Homecoming, we have Tom Holland, Donald Glover, which I will say right now, Donald Glover, if they do the alternative Spider-Man uh, universe or timeline or black-suited Spider-Man, not to be confused with Spider-Man 2099, I would say that he would be a very, very great candidate to play that because he's donald glover is already he's already snarky he's already there you know it's just you have to give him the suit and go from there um and can't forget robert downey jr 
or Iron Man, which I believe this is his last uh, run with Iron Man, which opens a whole new door if people haven't read the comics. Uh, it We have Ironheart, which is, uh, it introduces an African-American female. I just picked up the comic not too long ago. And she is just as smart, if not smarter, than Tony Stark. And starts building the suit that Tony wears, but in her own design. And when Tony sees this, he then somehow contacts her. And then they furthermore go into the in- intricate design for her suit. Which I would really like to see how she plays in to her character development as well as how well will she do with uh, I'm guessing a, a future setup with the Avengers probably with you know original people as opposed with new characters and furthermore seeing the progression from her is she like say for example is she going to make suits in high amounts like how Tony did, but of course, for people who have read the comics or have seen the movie, Tony made the suits just to make sure that he could cover himself in any situation. It's like camping and you have everything you need to survive, but also in a sense, you're worried that if you don't carry something, regardless if it's big or small, that you're going to freak out and then everything that you have planned isn't going to go into fruition. So... Bringing it back to Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, the costume design. Let's talk about that costume. It was amazing. I loved it. I loved it because the minute I saw the, the webbing underneath the arms, that just brought me back to issue number one of Spider-Man. And, I mean, all the fanboys and fangirls out there, I hope you freaked out because that was freaking awesome. I mean, he can now glide, which in a sense, that kind of draws in Spider-Man 2099's costume design where he doesn't web sling as much, but he does glide and he climbs more often. And I believe he has a vehicle, but that is yet to be determined. Well, I haven't found out yet, but I will look into it. Um... The suit, amazing. The the fact that his his eyes, they move. So Spider-Man can look surprised or he can look menacing at any given point in time. I mean, if I had to stare down Spider-Man and it gave me the slinty look, I would freak out. I would freak out so hard. But also be amazed because it's I'd be like, hey, last two suits, couldn't do that. He'll probably go and say, well... It was time to upgrade, so I upgraded. And then he'll tie me up in webbing and then, you know, hang me up on the wall or whatever. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. Um, now, the facts with this, with this, uh, <laughs> with this trailer is it ties into a right around when Civil War was within the middle of its story where Tony was looking for the added support and he goes straight to, he finds out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. So he goes and visits him. Now with that whole visit, you know, he's 
he basically finds out he meets uh, Aunt May, which, of course, if Spider-Man's going to be younger, might as well have Aunt May be just as young. So, with that being said, he goes in, he kind of, he introduces himself, he basically tells him we need you for a special mission or special little uh, get-together, clash, a uh, rock'em, sock'em, beat-em-up type of ordeal, if you will. And of course, by him bringing in, bringing this up with Tom Holland's character, he's reluctant to do it because he wants his powers a secret. But he never expected to come across someone with a high intellect like Tony Stark. So Tony Stark is like, hey, help me help you. I'm going to give you a new suit. I'm going to give you like a whole new set of new toys and trinkets that you can work with. Awesome. Is that is that OK? Sure. Then. Of course, with the rest of that story, we know how that goes with Civil War. Freaking awesome fight scene. Spider-Man totally in his element, even though he didn't have a lot of area to web sling or do it. I mean, which he did. I mean, it would probably be a different story if it was like in the city, which, of course, you know, you don't want to level half the city with Ant-Man slash Giant-Man growing to epic proportions because, I mean... Be serious. If he did that in the city, cue every Godzilla joke you can come up with. It would, <laughs> it would be definitely worth talking about. Even the fact that Ant Man is by far the funniest. I, okay, I, I don't want to say the funniest, but he was a really cool guy. He was really funny. He played the part so well. Um. He was serious when he had to be, but then he was quirky. He was funny, and he brought the whole uh, ensemble of Ant-Man to how it should be. Wouldn't change that guy, and I hope he stays, and I know he's going to stay, because there will be an Ant-Man 2 where they will finally introduce Wasp, which I believe it is the scientist's uh, daughter. Um, I don't know if that's true. I That's something I need to yet confirm but i feel that that would be a high dignification that it would be her um but yeah going back trailer i i know i i'm going on tangents here but this trailer this trailer okay uh i kind of want to see exactly how tony stark plays into this because you think if he's just going into enlist spider-man is there going to be something that's going to keep tony stark there to you know, like maybe help gain his trust in which i will now jump into the villains we have the shocker the tinkerer which he's fairly new to me i feel like i've seen him in other previous comic books but i have uh it's been so long and we have of course the vulture we have two Spider-Man classic villains right there. Tinkerer just might be, but I still need to look into who he is and what he does. Um, the Vulture is played by none other than the late 80s, early 90s Batman, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was also in another super, superhero movie called The Birdman which I've yet to watch, but I feel like I really need to because it's intriguing. Um, and the 
And going into that, I feel now that they've introduced all of the villains, they need to put in Wilson Fisk somewhere. And then we can finally get a Spider-Man movie, which might be the next one if this one does really well. And we will see, finally, the Insidious Six. Hopefully. I don't know who would be a great candidate for Doc Ock or for Scorpion or... And I believe they are trying to put Venom into the movie, but I'm not sure. But I know they did a reboot with the comic, with a... uh, a character, he's just kind of a run-of-the-mill guy. He's just trying to survive. And then the symbiote, who's been trying to find a suitable host, finally comes across him. And they they sync up. They suit up. And thusly, Venom is born. But with that movie, I don't know. And of course, with the trailer, with any Marvel movie, Stan Lee will make his cameo appearance. I I swear, since I've seen that man... Since day one in these Marvel movies, it he has been like an over-inspiring inspiration to see these movies because he was a writer. He did his part with the Marvel universe because he pretty much created Spider-Man. He did all of this stuff just, just to see everyone kind of light up because throughout the times of him becoming a writer for a comic book, you know, he was around when World War II was around. He actually served in the war and... By him making these these characters, you know, brings a lot of light into everyone. Because in this day and age, who doesn't want a hero to save them from, you know, uh, the bad things that are happening in life? I mean, come on. I would love to sit down and read a Marvel movie about, or a Marvel comic, I'm sorry, about, you know, Iron Man trying to figure out this uh, techno virus, which that actually is an animated movie. That movie is really, really well done. And just sitting there and just kind of letting all the problems of everyday struggles in life just melt away. But once again, getting off track. Um, actually, yeah, let's let's talk about the previous Spider-Man. Um, I feel like with the three... The, the, okay, the uh, Spider-Man saga, which is one through three, with Tobey Maguire. Granted, I feel like that Spider-Man-based movie should have been done at a later time. I mean, I give him credit for doing it and making it. And Tobey Maguire was alright, just minus that crying scene, because, I mean, I know we all have a bad face when it comes to crying but he kind of took that cake back in the day but no disrespect toby Maguire, he he did the spider-man uh name some justice he got it out there then we got andrew garfield the amazing spider-man where once again he's a bit younger he's uh he's quirky he does his own little thing and goes on and of course saves the day because superheroes that's what they do unless you're deadpool then you save the day and then you just kill everyone but then you know we're not talking about deadpool in this podcast we're talking about spider-man um but yeah andrew garfield he was a really good spider-man as well um i give him 
full credit in the second movie uh, when they reenacted the that that scene where he's trying to save he's trying to save his loved one and he gets to her just two seconds too soon or too late gets her but still makes full impact when she bashes her head on the on the uh on the ground and telling you right now i've never gasped so loud before in my life until i saw that scene that scene right there like i almost was brought to tears and i'm like i know it's it's just a movie it's just a movie it's just a movie but she died and he's he's down there now with her and he's holding her and he's just realizing that you know if everything that i have just done i couldn't save her and i'm supposed to be the hero which right there even though you are a hero and you do everything within your your power to save the people you love and adore sometimes sometimes finding out that you can't save those people or those loved ones really really makes you wonder if you should be in the the super superhero business altogether i mean when i mean that scene alone when he went from just this this massive sea of depression and then he looks at the villain and he just gets enraged and he could have ended his life but he chose not to he stopped him because not only was he the villain he was also his friend and looking at it in that perspective it just really makes you think i mean people that put their lives on the line for stuff you know for to save people or save lives or save the planet honestly they put a lot out there and you really need to take a consideration in what they do i mean you can have the highest iq but if you can't stop someone or something and even though you try and you still can't stop it it's that's it it kind of affects you in a way but yeah i mean Andrew Garfield as a Spider-Man really did his thing. And not only that, I mean, with what I've seen with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, his character, I mean, he he was giving it his all. He was, I believe, this version of this Spider-Man was more agile. He was able to actually be a little bit faster than the previous Spider-Man spider characters that we've seen it's also a point where he uh, he could have held his own against a lot of characters which i feel and see that what that might be the thing but yeah I, man it just really makes you think huh <laughs> now on to dr strange i have to talk about dr strange because, in a sense, that movie, I was actually surprised that I heard that it was coming out. And I didn't really give it a lot of thought until they enlisted uh, uh, Be Benedict Cumber Cumberbatch. Sorry if I butchered the last name. You can yell at me or do whatever. But 
him playing Doctor Strange and spoiler warning if you haven't seen the movie, but if you haven't seen the movie, really get on that. The movie was amazing. It was phenomenal. Um, Benedict plays a surgeon, but a surgeon with a gift of being able to save or do very complicated surgeries, something that most doctors won't even touch because of the high risk. Some reason he can go in there, he can find the problem, he can take out or he can fix whatever's wrong. And he does it without breaking a sweat. I mean, the opening scene, he's operating on someone, he's doing his job, and he's playing music in the background. Now, I'm no doctor, but if I'm going to be working on someone, I need zero uh interruptions i need something i need an area where it's so quiet i can hear a pin drop i can hear a mouse take a step from like three feet away from me uh he does it with with ease now for everyone that's read or at least understands the origin of dr strange he's on a trip he's uh driving a fancy car he's going down the highway it's raining really bad, I believe, and he's not paying attention because he's looking at more files and uh, of people that you know need these risky operations. He loses control and he crashes. Thusly, um, he gets beat up really bad because of the uh, accident, and as a result, the one thing that hits him the hardest is his hands. His hands are pretty much done for he can't do what he he wants to do which is save lives and operate on people and be this amazing person that he is so he goes through all this therapy the therapy kind of works but he still doesn't have full use of his hands his hands are just gone so he does everything in the book from taking um opportunities to take a or to go through risky operations or go through more therapy and he he gets through all it to the point where he just hits rock bottom until he looks at a particular patient this patient somehow same type of thing he wouldn't have been able to walk but then he goes to see someone and all of a sudden he can walk he talks to that person tells them that you need to go to this faraway land and he does so. He goes to the faraway land and he's like, oh, I can't wait to find this person and be able to operate and do the stuff I want to do. But in doing so, he doesn't find a, a means to fix his hands. He finds something totally different. And it it's, it's kind of like you're always in the books, but then someone draws you into like something cosmic something that kind of makes you think there's other things out in the world and that's what the sorcerer supreme does uh the sorcerer supreme takes him and kind of shows him these different dimensions these different worlds and teach and basically wants to teach him magic which of course he's skeptical he's a man of science a man of of intuition there's something that's there he knows it's there and it's something he can either work out in his mind or he leaves it alone because it has no meaning behind it or it's not worth his time. So 
he um he goes into the training he learns some magic and he finds out sooner or later that uh he can harness this but enough about that i i basically told you like the first 30 minutes of the freaking movie the movie once again is awesome i highly suggest you go watch it totally worth the watch uh now on to my now talking about that another trailer that just popped in my head and i wrote that down too was guardians of the galaxy volume 2 holy shit i mean that movie i literally squeed i squealed i squealed like a little girl i am not going to lie to you right now because that movie the first movie the soundtrack alone made that movie phenomenal the acting chris pratt chris fucking pratt the opening to the first guardians made me just not leave my seat now you know those moments where you're you're watching a really good movie and you know you have to go to the bathroom. It was one of those moments. I don't regret that. Now with the second installment, it looks like now they're dealing with a new villain, and I believe from what I've seen, it's probably gonna either involve Chris Pratt's character, Star Lord, finding his father, I believe. And having to deal with this new threat. I don't know who the new threat is yet, but I will keep a close eye as into who this new threat might be. So it's it's the same ragtag group, and we have Baby Groot. Baby Groot. If you've seen the trailer, he's cute, he's adorable, but he does not play. Groot can still hold his own, even though he's so small and can fit in your pocket. I mean, it's kind of, the tables have turned because Groot was this giant tree and Rocket Raccoon, Raccoon was all on him, whatever, because, you know, bodyguard. The tables have turned. Rocket Raccoon is kind of like the bodyguard now for Groot because Groot's only yay small. But going back to the whole thing, Groot still doesn't play. He will take someone down. I mean, that roar? Seriously. That little roar when he was charging at the guy and still whooped his ass. Boom. <sighs> but yeah, we have the original cast coming back to do this second installment. And I believe this, it will it's setting up the stage for Infinity Wars Part 1, which that should be coming out 2018. Um, still not the exact month or day. Still too soon to say. Um... It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a jaw dropper, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I'm hoping for good things. Hell, I hope the soundtrack is gonna be just as great as the uh, first one, if not better. It doesn't have to be better, but I would I would love to hear the the diversity of the music, which leads me to believe with Volume Two, I'm guessing that soundtrack is going to be the soundtrack. From the end of the first one, the music his mother had given him just before everything, you know, ended for that movie. I hope it's that because it kind of makes me wonder now, you know, he had that tape, the first tape, since he was a child, before he was abducted. And that just 
you know, that kind of gave him like a, a tie into who he is and where he comes from. That's also like a, a keepsake from his mother, which he never parts with that tape player. Kudos to you, man. Kudos. With the second one, I hope it's that, that second tape. It'd be awesome if that was the case. And uh, let's see. I believe that's all I have to talk about for this installment. My first installment. Uh, I could talk more. I know I can talk more. Especially if I get in the comics. But that's in the whole other thing. So I will leave it at that. Once again, for everyone that has listened, thank you very much. This is my first act official time actually doing this. I hope to do this more, and I I will do more of this because this is actually fun to do. I actually get to nerd out more so than what I do out in public and hopefully share some ideas and share some things with you know everyone out there that listens. Uh, so, yeah. This is One Shark Podcast, and I'll talk to you later. Thanks.